Max Verstappen had to wait, but eventually he found his way past Charles Leclerc to win the first sprint of the 2022 season. Welcome back to the Grid Talk podcast. Today we'll be reviewing the sprint for the 2022 Emilia Romana Grand Prix dell'Italia del whatever. I'm your host, Louis Edwards, and joining me today are Tom Downey from the Everything F1 podcast. Hello. And we've got engineering master Jack Watson. Hello. So, first sprint race with the new regulations, but first sprint race, uh, Imola, first sprint race of the 2022 season. And I mean, personally, I think it was better than the ones uh, we saw last year, but I want to hear from you guys. Uh, so, Tom, we'll start with you. As someone who is, I think, was a self proclaimed skeptic of the sprint races, especially last year, has uh has this one changed your mind at all if you if you've been warmed to the, the idea of a sprint oh really um no it's just uh you know i i stand by what i said last year it was uh it still feels like the first stage of of uh, of a race i get it's not entirely that because there is an element of well drivers know they don't have to pit drivers know they you know, it's basically just 100 kilometres of flat-out balls-to-the-wall racing. Um, but I, for me, I just don't think it fixes that sort of fundamental issue. It was better this year, I would say. Um, obviously, we, we had a battle for the lead, uh, which is a weird thing to say during something that's technically a qualifying event, but there we go. Um is You know, there, there, was, a, there was a good bit of on-track battling between... Um, between Max and, and Leclerc, obviously, you know, the the the, the battle for the lead. Signs and Perez working the way of the pack very nicely. Um K Mag putting up a good fight, but it's just for, for, it feels too close to a race. And there was a point where, where Crofty said, Oh, I wish we could go on for another 10 laps. And I thought to myself, yeah, and that's called a race. Um so it's don't get me wrong, I am all for on-track activity like this. And people who are going to the track, it means they get more value for their money if they bought a weekend pass because they get to see one elimination qualifying or, or, or whatever we call it. Um, there's then the sprint event, and obviously we have the race tomorrow or the main event tomorrow, plus the two free practice sessions. I just think the... Um, Maybe the sprint is in the wrong place. Maybe we have both practice sessions on a Friday. We have knockout or elimination quality on Saturday, in the, say in the morning within the sprint in the afternoon. And then on the Sunday, we have the main Grand Prix. Um, also, they can't keep calling it qualifying if they're going to be awarding points from position one down to eight. You don't get points of qualifying. You get points for a race finish shortly. Uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but you know, that, you know that's that's what it is. F1 themselves don't call it a sprint qualifying anymore. They they call it the sprint, um, which I think is good because it sort of differentiates between qualifying and the sprint. But when I noticed as well that when when Max crossed the line and 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 he, and he said, "Is that it?" It was sort of like, "Oh, that's it. Okay, cool. Right. Yeah. Sound. See you tomorrow, lads. Have a good one." That also could be because he told them to shut up, um, you know. So swings and roundabouts, but just yeah, I just 
maybe it'll bed in a bit more as the season goes on. Maybe I'm reticent to change. As with me, is definitely going to be an element of that. Um, but the qualifying element of Formula One isn't something which really needed tweaking. Um, what I will say is with the 2022 cars, I think it made the sprint better than last year, than the, than the events we had last year. And I think part of the reason people enjoyed the, uh, the, the sprints last year is because in each of them, there was a ding-dong between Hamilton and Verstappen. Um, also, obviously, Hamilton in 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 the in the spring quality in Brazil last year had that sensational surge through the pack. If you take sort of things like that out of it, which we saw today, um it was it, it was almost like a sort of practice race start for tomorrow. That's what it felt like. Yeah, I mean I I, I get what you mean, but you did touch on a point there which I, I was gonna ask you about Jack. The fact is Imla there is only really one overtaking zone, and that is um, down in Tambrello. Um, and we have seen that these cars are able to actually race in these sprint races. You know, there was overtaking at a track where people were slightly skeptical about having a sprint race, thinking of the lack of overtaking. But it would set a good precedent for considering the next two sprint races this season are going to be in Austria and then in Brazil again. So it could mean that we have exciting races, but it also does mean that tomorrow we're looking at a race that could actually be quite close and very competitive. Yeah, I suppose if you do treat it as that practice race that Tom mentioned earlier, then it does sort of bode well to when you scale it up over three times the distance, essentially. Um, it, I think with the way that they've sort of done it, though, we're still at that weird point where it's it's both too long and too short seemingly um although some of those further back in the pack didn't actually really get their tires going too much so we'll see how that develops um i think it's also exacerbated by the fact that the drs is so powerful we were seeing most of the moves being made there were done before the braking zone and I think it's not so much that this is Sprint's problem, this is more F1's problem, but the Sprint is exaggerating it, especially today, um, that uh, they really need to be a bit more adaptable. Maybe we'll see them modify it before the Grand Prix, shorten it up a bit to actually let the battle go to the braking zone. I think it would be a good opportunity to do that. Um, I doubt it, but, you know, this is F1 after all. Um, so, but... Looking on the bright side, yeah, it does mean that we should have people being more willing to go for, for lunges. And when it does matter for uh, all the points all the way down to 10th and big points like that, they may go for moves further around the track that you wouldn't have necessarily thought so. We never, in sprint, they're always going to take it easy. Yeah, of course, you only have the one DRS zone uh, at Imola, so I think they tried to make it as powerful as two, maybe, because there was some... Um, um yeah incredibly quick um cars especially when you're on board with either the ferraris or the, the rebels especially when they're overtaking the mclarens my god they were fast down that down that main straight um just going to show how powerful the rs at imla is and just how powerful it is going to be for the race tomorrow but tom will we'll now move on to the actual um results of the sprint uh of course it 
uh, technically on on pole for this sprint, <laughs> there was Max Verstappen lost it off the line. It was a pretty poor start. Came under threat not only from uh, Leclerc who took the lead, but also then Lando Norris. But he stayed in there. And he got and he got the race win. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, Max really bogged down at the start. It was it was like his car went into anti-stall or, you know, it, it, I, th- I think he said on the radio that he, that he lost gear sync, you know, whether he was, whether he was being facetious, I'm not entirely sure. Um, you, uh, yeah, it, it was, it, it was a, it was a good recovery from Max, um, but there was one point where I thought Lando was going to take P2 and Perez had made a storm and start, so Max did well to hold on to P two, which, which is something I never thought I'd say. Um, is, you know, to, and and then Leclerc got a sensational launch, as, as did um, as did everyone else around Max. So he almost got swallowed up, but he kept his foot in it. Um, you know, and 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 this is a different side that we're beginning to see of Max, where. He wasn't straight away just like, oh yeah, let me add in. He was biding his time, and he was, you know, he was just beginning to close up the gap towards the end, and then, um, and then he, then he gently put the pressure on, um, on on Leclerc, and then got a bit of graining on his front right. That gave Max all the ammo he needed, um, and then yeah, he 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 took him with uh, was it the last but one lap I think he overtook him. Um, I thought he was going to leave it until the last lap to be honest, May, you know, mainly because. You know he didn't want to give Leclerc DRS behind him, but I did. But then, as soon as he was past him, he was way off in, in, into the distance. Um, so that didn't that didn't even matter at the end. But yeah, it, it was it was a good overtake. It was a ballsy overtake. Um, we saw how powerful DRS was. We especially saw how powerful it was for the Red Bulls. They absolutely flew down that straight um, when they had DRS. Leclerc didn't make it easy. He didn't just roll over and say, "Yep." Yeah, Come on, sir, come through. You, you know, he, he was proper, like, if you're in this position, you're going to have to fight for it. But Max, but Max basically forced him to commit to one side, went the other way, and then just did, I was going to say Danny Rick phrase, and I was going to say he looked the stamp, stamp and sent it, which is exactly what he did. Um, and then, yeah, he just, he just brought it home, and his car didn't blow up. I think that's a what Red Bull would consider an improvement, especially given <laughs> last weekend. Um, but Jack, P2 for Charles Leclerc, of course, the space started for the sprint, still very much within it. But I think Ferrari are going to be concerned with their tyres, given that was ultimately what let them down. Leclerc looked like he was cruising, keeping a nice steady gap to, to Verstappen for a lot of the race. And then suddenly... His front started um, degradating, and then Max was able to catch up, overtake, and win by, I think, just over two seconds. Yeah, um, he said it was seems to be saying that it was graining badly. Um, it's sort of that. Is that again why it's, it's that distance? You don't have to stop. You don't want to stop. So you'll take the sauce for as long as they can go. Seemed like it was all going to go well, didn't it? Off the start. Um, it's just a shame how quiet that circuit got afterwards. Um, but yeah, no, it's the, the difference is, I believe, I'm not 100% on this, but I believe this is the first time we'd see a soft tyre run in the race. Is that correct? I'm pretty sure the last three, we've mainly been using medium and hard for the full race distance. So I'm not too sure if they'll still move over to that um, or if 
they will stick with the softs. If that is the case, then it could be Ferrari in trouble, but they've got more time to um, play out on the medium tyre. They may just do uh, start on the softs while the track's still rubbering in and then do the legwork on the mediums, assuming they do need to use the softer compounds. Um, it's, I mean, to be honest, like given the history that they've had in this season, it's silly to rule them out. It's not like they won't be fighting there. Um, and we've seen some masterful performances from Leclerc even in this short time of the season so far. So it, it, I reckon it'll be a, a fun one tomorrow. <laughs> well, I think we all certainly hope so. Um, the last thing we really want is, is, a, is a boring race around Imola, but I think given today's uh, racing, it could be close. And Tom, something that could also uh, maybe play slightly against uh, Ferrari tomorrow is the fact that Perez managed to recover all the way up to P3 and I believe set the fastest lap of the uh, of the sprint as well. Uh, someone may have to double check that for me, but I believe that is the case. So, yeah, impressive drive from Perez. Again, he didn't seem to be having any uh, real tyre issues as well. So he, he could be right in the mix for tomorrow. And it's, you know, it really is all to play for between Ferrari and Red Bull. Yeah, Perez had a storming day at the office. Um, and I think he's one of the drivers who benefits or suits a sprint event more because we've seen that he's not always the best in qualifying. Although, interestingly, Imola is the one one of only, I think, two places or three places in the past where he's actually out-qualified Max, um, where he qualified here P2 last year in traditional quality. But, um, yeah, he, he, he had a storming drive through the grids. You know, he, um, he, he was he was, he was was making moves. You know, he was he was going around people. He actually yeeted past um, Magnussen with the help of DRS. Um, yeah, and did... Did exactly what Red Bull need that sort of second gunner to do. He was right up there. Um, he was well, he wasn't that far off the back of Leclerc by the end of it. And if it would have been 10, 15 laps longer, we'd have probably been looking at a Red Bull one, two, I'd say. Um, but yeah, you know, he 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 had a really, really, really good drive today. He's put he's put himself right where, like I said, right where Red Bull need him to be. Um, sorry, I malfunctioned then. Um, bit like a Red Bull engine. Um, and um, and yeah, he, he, he's 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 giving the team what they need, in the sense that they've got two cars at the front, um, which is why he was brought into the team in the first place, and why they renewed his contract from last year into this year. Um, obviously, Science has done the same, which we'll get into in a moment. But. Yeah, it, it was a pretty damn good drive from uh, from, from from the Mexican Minister of Defence today. Yeah, uh, maybe he gets promoted to the Minister of Attack. I mean, that was it was some uh, uh, some great um, work. And yeah, just like Tom mentioned, Jack Carlos Sainz coming back from I believe P10 uh, after his crashing qualifying uh, yesterday, but. You know, that Ferrari looked quick in the hands of Carlos Sainz. He was making overtakes left, right and centre. Managed to close down Lando Norris, especially in that latter stage of the race, very quickly, lapping almost a second faster than McLaren, to put himself P4. And as I said, like between Red Bull and Ferrari right now, this track is so close. And that is, you know, emphasised by the fact that it's Red Bull Ferrari, Red Bull Ferrari starting the race tomorrow. Yeah, it's uh, going to be no quarter asked or given. Uh, we've um, 
we've now actually got all four cars as together as the teams could hope for. Obviously, they're going to want a one-two, but when you're, you've got drivers on as equal a level as these four seem to be, it's what we want as fans, certainly. Um, and it, it, this is, I think, going to help science this weekend. Um, the mistake in quality, it's like you see it all of a sudden, uh, even on the back of fresh signings like uh, it's just another mistake from science trying to over push and prove he can be that number one Ferrari very crucial time for him to put a little bit in that team I'm sorry to do this chat do you mind repeating everything you just said <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I should have seen that coming. <laughs> okay, so no, this is important. This is crucial for science. This is his opportunity to prove that he can now head up that team after yeah another mistake in quality, as we uh, saw many people say. Um, there was a very strong recovery drive, especially in such a short window of time. So yeah, before Ferrari start picking and choosing whether or not they will just main Leclerc. Now, now science needs to get in and prove that he can, he can take ownership of that team. He can, he can control things when he needs to. If he can finish right on, even if it's just right on Leclerc's gearbox, that'll be a very good uh, representation of himself to the team. Yeah, I mean, there's been a lot of rumours um, and a lot of speculation around science, even though he has just signed a new contract with Ferrari, which is, of course, going to do him a lot of good. It shows that the team have faith in him. But now he's in the car, you know, that can win the race. It can even win a championship. And he's making mistakes. He's making errors. He's not helping uh, the team out in regards to the Constructors' Championship. So, yeah, I mean, big pressure on science. But, you know, that recovery drive is going to do his confidence a world of good and knows that he can push on for tomorrow. So, Tom, fifth place, Lando Norris. I mean, fifth for McLaren, given the start of the season, is not going to be their worst nightmare. Of course, Norris did start third, but realistically, given the cars that were going to come from behind, like Perez, like Sainz, it was unlikely they're going to hold it. So P5 is still respectable in that sort of sense. Yeah, um, I mean, to be honest, I, I think that's probably about as far as uh, as, as McLaren realistically would, we're going to be expecting to, to get. Um, I mean... I think I think it's safe to say that sign uh, sorry not signs um Lando always always knew that he that he was going to drop back out of third barring a sort of crash or something in front of him um but no he was a uh, it, it, it given the struggles McLaren have had at the start of this season I think that was as good as it was going it, it was as good as it was always going to get for them um and for him to sort of uh, hold on isn't the right word because he was never really a threat from whoever even was P7 came back, I think. Um, you, you, you know, he, he was never really going to get overtaken by by those who were behind him. And Perez and Sainz, you could be fairly certain that they were going to make a move past him regardless. Um, so, so, you know, it's... Uh, yeah, it's a it, it's a good day at the office from from McLaren. It's nice to see them both. You know, they're both into Q three. They both had good Friday qualifying, 
and they both did well today. Um, it's nice to see them closer towards the front. I hope this is a sign that they're beginning to get on top of the issues that they had. And I want to emphasise, it's nice to see both McLaren's rights up there. I think, if anything, Danny Ritt looked stronger than Lando Norris today. Um, yeah, he was, uh, you know, you know, but um, but but Lando <sighs> damage limitation isn't the right word, but you you you, you hopefully people listening know what I mean when I say that this is the best that they could have really got because they're not realistically going to be fighting with Ferrari or Red Bull, certainly not yet. Yeah, McLaren still have a lot of issues that they need to need to sort out and need to refine before they're going to think about, um, you know, challenging the likes of uh, Ferrari or or Red Bull. But yeah, P6 um, for Daniel Ricciardo, Jack, he was getting a bit dicey uh, with Magnussen and Perez at the start. But, you know, he got the move done on Perez eventually uh, using his soft tyres to the to his advantage. And, yeah, pretty much just cruised them from to, uh, to P6. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a good enough result, as, as Tom's already mentioned. It's just this is where we'd expect them McLaren to be, um, you know, the third best um, car on the grid, arguably. So, yeah, I mean, they're not going to be too disappointed. No, no, I mean, this is their opportunity to start getting on top of their supplier, isn't it, really? Um, while Mercedes is still struggling, uh, they've now got a chance to make a gap. And, it, I mean, look, if McLaren wound up finishing up this season in P3, I can't say they'd be too disappointed as where they finished last time, So, especially given how it started. So if they can keep up that momentum, uh, I mean, that would really work out for them. It's great to see Ricardo now on Lando's pace. Um, after a couple of torrid years, um, he's finally getting a bit more consistent in bringing in those points finishes, uh, up top five middling performances when the car allows him. Um, so yeah, uh, pretty much. I mean, it's, he sort of echoed Lando's sorts of "this is as good as we could hope for" because when the Ferraris and Rebels are blasted past you at that pace, you kind of know where, <laughs> where you're at. But best, it's still best of the rest. Um, so yeah, just keep keep plugging at it. Mm. Hopefully, we'll see some upgrades coming. Yeah, I mean, McLaren will be grateful for the points. There's seven more points that they're taking uh, off Mercedes, who of course didn't score any today. And you know, Lando is now you know into the he's he's well into the top um, ten in the drives construct uh, drives championship with. Ricardo only just outside and uh, with opportunity to gain some some big points tomorrow. Um, but then behind uh, Daniel Ricardo, uh, it was of course Valtteri Bottas, um, Tom, and you know what? Not uh, given the issues that have been sort of plaguing that Alfa <laughs> Romeo both in uh, both in quali and then again in practice this morning. Um, I mean, P7 is is a nice is a nice uh, result. A couple of points in the bag for Alfa Romeo as well, and uh, probably a, quite a happy fin at the wheel. Yeah, um, Bottas sort of just went about his business today. Um, he had he again he had a good day at the office. He put in a stormy move. Um, I can't remember who he overtook because I was too busy thinking 
whoa, was that Bottas going that late on the break into a corner and doing an actual overtake? Um, but no, credit to him. Yeah, he, uh, I, like I said, I can't remember who he was, who, who he went around, but sensational move that was. It was proper sort of Danny Rick-esque. I think it was Monza 2016 or 2017, possibly 2016, when he overtook Massa going into turn one. It was that late on the breaks um, that the Bottas did it. He's evidently got, He's, he's got real confidence in that car, which I think last year when it was announced that he was leaving Mercedes and going to Alfa Romeo, a lot of people probably thought, really? Um, or, or people probably thought, well, you know, you, you, we're not going to see you in Q3 again. You're going to be out in Q1. How the tables have turned. You know, he proper Hadouken that one, didn't he? Because now both Merck's right in Q2, didn't get in the points. And he's saying in, in, in Q3, Sipping a beer, same traditions. So, um, you know, so he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's he's having a good run at the minute, Bottas. Um, maybe it's because he knows he's got a multi-year deal because obviously he never had that at Mercedes. That would have been playing on his mind. But he just looks confident, looks happy, looks relaxed. Um, yeah, he, he was he's put, putting in some good moves today. Um, you know, especially given his teammate, obviously, unfortunately, crashed out at the start of the race with um, after that incident with Gasly. Um, he did well to bring home some points for the team, secured a good starting position for tomorrow. Uh, yeah, he just 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 a just all round just a just a good day for him. Yeah, very very solid. Um, same may uh, may not be said for the well, the driver in P eight, Kevin Magnussen, gambled on the medium tires, knew that there'd be a slow initially, and probably. Haas were hoping that those tyres would have come to him towards the end of the race. Didn't really play out that well uh, that way. He managed to keep Fernando Alonso behind for for well the entire um, sprint. But from there, I think maybe Haas will be regretting the decision slightly and maybe hoping that they put uh, Magnussen on those soft tyres. Yeah, I think they were banking on the soft soft cars around them, uh, suffering a lot more from Deg maybe more towards what we saw at the, with the front four, but further in the midfield, it just didn't really seem to bite into the um, those on the softs. Um, bit of a slap on the wrist for Magnussen, seeing some of that old-school uber-aggression coming in, a little bit of weaving, though I can kind of see why they didn't take it further, because he prob- it was probably tyre-weaving, weaving, and Perez just sort of, the way he was trying to work out which side to um, commit to into the second chicane sort of exacerbates it but I mean has have been openly admitting that they were much more preferring the cold wet conditions of um, Friday and now that we had pure dry running it's not so much played to their car the balance was a bit off um, but it's still point well, a point but it's still a point and a half I mean I don't know about anyone else but I'm still somewhat getting used to that which is great um, it's great to see that they are able to fight um, uh, with these well these well established and um, front well, top ish runners. Um, now they just need to dispel this whole for, uh, white Ferrari myth <laughs> that's been being flung around now. But look, it's still a great position. Um, if some weather checking that I just done as well is to prove, prove to be correct, Sunday could fall in love. Because I thought it was going to be dry, and it's now not looking so certain. So uh, they could be doing a bit of a rain dance uh, tonight. 
just about got that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like the, the chance of uh, chance of rain tomorrow could uh, could really um, throw a curveball into into this, and yeah, who, who knows uh, what will happen. Um, but uh, I mean, the, given how much the the grid struggled yesterday in those wet uh, wet conditions, uh, ironically into Aqua Minerale. Um, yeah, it could it could be a, a a testing race if it if some rainfall does decide to fall. And we have seen wet races in the past at Imola, especially in the last couple of years, and they've always been quite tasty. So, Tom, uh, the first of the the non point scorers in the sprint, uh, Fernando Alonso P nine started P five, didn't really seem to have the pace, you know, as like sort of well, he didn't get a great start for to begin with, and then he. You know, Bottas, um, Signs, Perez, it all then so just, you know, found their way past and, uh, yeah, and they just could never find a way past Magnuson. I'm sure you probably won frustrated Spaniard by the end of that sprint. Yeah, a bit disappointing for, um, for, for Alonso. You know, he, again, he, I think he was always going to lose places to Signs and Perez coming through, but, um, yeah, he was, uh, I'd have liked to have seen a bit more from him today, you know, maybe a bit more aggression or a bit more, uh, you know, just, 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 just almost, almost a bit more fight. It was, it was like he'd almost had given up before it had even really started, but I don't know. He was, um, it just, it just, just wasn't quite his day today. Uh, but he, um, you know, he, he's still starting in the top 10 tomorrow. Not that that sort of really means anything anymore. Um, I do wonder about the reliability because Ocon has had gearbox issues already and Alonso bogged down, sorry, not bogged down, but he didn't even get moving initially on the formation lap. And then he eventually got going and I doubt it was him not pulling the clutch paddle in all the way given he started an enormous number of F1 races. So hopefully it's not something terminal whatever it was, we didn't see it rear its head today during the actual sprint, but I don't know. It's just, um, you know, given what Alonso is capable of, it's a shame that we didn't see more from him today. Yeah. He's had some spectacular starts in the sprint. I remember back to Silverstone uh, last year in the first sprint. What a, what an epic start he had before slowly falling down the field, but it was, it was amazing to see. Um, and then round out the top 10, even though it doesn't mean anything, Jack, because no points for 10th place. But Mick Schumacher, and I think we have to give a special shout out to Mick Schumacher because this will be his first ever top 10 start in a Formula, uh, for a Formula One Grand Prix. Um, and while he also did start on the medium tyres, just like Kevin Magnussen did, it didn't seem to plague him as much as it did for, um, for Magnussen. He still had relatively good pace. Um, I mean, he was stuck behind, uh, well, stuck in a massive Vettel train uh, at one point. He managed to break free and, you know, 10th place, starting in the top 10 for his uh, for the first time. He'll be looking at tomorrow and go, right, this is his chance, really, to, to get some good points down. Absolutely. I think you've pretty much summed it up. It was a phenomenal, uh, phenomenal run. Lovely little move around the outside at Tamburello, she came. Uh, on Vettel um, I think that might have been a bit of sort of showmanship because I think the Haas can 
significantly outperform that um, Aston Martin. Um, so you may as well learn while you can. Um, but yeah, no, it's a, a phenomenal start. Um, as you say, they're now starting in a points playing position. So his team are going to be pushing everything they can to get him some decent points on the board. Um, we know the car's capable and he's learning at a good rate, I'd say. It's, he's had that same sort of slow start to the first year, second one sort of comes on song. He's sort of winding up a bit now if this is to continue. So, um, yeah, no, great, uh, great run, great start. And uh, should have, it should have, he has got good reason to keep his hopes up for... Um, for the main race, for the feature race. Yeah, he definitely will be. I, I thought he, I, for some reason I had it in my head that he already scored points this season, but I've just checked and I saw he's on none. I was like, oh no. I really, I really do hope that he is, um, gets points. But now we're going to move on to the second half of the grid, Tom. And let's face it, they got absolutely no TV coverage throughout that because the top 10 was, was quite a battle. So there's not really going to be much that we can, say really because we didn't really see anything but um p11 uh george russell and we may as well uh rope in lewis hamilton uh, along with him because qualifying yesterday wasn't good for mercedes at all we may have expected them to come through the field a little bit better but both of them got poor starts and then they just got stuck in a train and just really just left with nowhere to go yeah um yeah, it's the first time since what Japan twenty twelve, I think they said that uh, that neither Merck has got going to Q three, and I did chuckle to myself a little bit when uh, when I was watching the the pre race coverage. Anthony Davidson said, "Oh no, I'm pretty confident they'll work their way up to grades. Um, you know, they've got a lot to give." Yeah, how did that go? Um, yeah, they just. Just yeah, just Merck in general, they're just poor. Oh, they're oh, that's great, isn't it? Um sorry, I say that as a red bull. I know that's gonna irritate some people, but um, but yeah, no, just just talk talk about talk about a fall from grace almost. Um yeah, there's just there's something you know, evidently that's not quite fundamentally right with that car and there's the porpoising, you know, you see it. George Russell looks, looks like he's going to come out with a migraine or something from from all the whiplash. Um, you know, the car looks like he's twerking like Nicki Minaj down the straight sometimes. Um, and it's just, it, yeah, it's just, it just, it just doesn't look confident going through the corners. He just seems to lose pace and just, yeah, he, you know, it's just, um, and and I'm not for a second saying that I'm an easy car because it's not okay, um, but good drivers or outstanding drivers like Hamilton and Russell can only get so much out of what is like, you know, you put, they'd probably be better off taking an ice cream truck around or something. Um, it's Yeah. It's just, it's just not happening for Mercedes at the moment. Um, I don't know if there needs to be like fundamental error redesign or what. I'm not an engineer, but not, not a, not a aerodynamics engineer by any stretch. Um, yeah. It's just, it's just not happening for them. And it's, I think some people in F1 are, excuse me, obviously going to say, oh, it's, you, you know, oh, boo hoo, Hamilton, you're down there, you're you know, all the rest of it. I'm not saying that for a second. What I am saying is, it's nice to see change at the top um, because we've had so many years of material dominance. What I don't want to see 
these Ferrari or Red Bull now have the same kind of run that Mercedes have had. We had it with Red Bull from 2010 to 2013. I don't want to see that with another team because we'll just end up in the same cycle. Then, and then another team will come through. Um, it, uh, I, it, I, I don't want to say it's a shame that Mercedes are down there um, because I'm sure we'd all like to see everybody on a, on a sort of even on an even keel. But if you want, if you want to watch that, you go and watch the Spec Series. You go and watch F2 or something. Um, because F1 is as much about the cars as it is about the drivers. But yeah, um, not a good day at the office for, for Mercedes. I think they both went down a position even after um, Joe was crashed out. So that's all you need to know, really. Yeah, it was it was a very anonymous race from Mercedes, which, to be honest, Tom, keep for me, keep the Mercedes bashing coming. I don't, I don't mind it. I'm, Probably um, Jack will probably you know a bit more uh, on <laughs> Mercedes wanting to come back up the field, but it just wasn't to be for them. Twelfth um, place uh, was Yuki Sonoda. Um, I mean, AlphaTauri have not looked great. They were both out in Q1 uh, yesterday, so twelfth is a yeah, fairly decent recovery from Yuki. But Gasly uh, in P17. Got in, involved in that incident with uh, Zhou Guan Yu at the very start and then could only find his way past the Williams from there. He'll, it still leaves a lot for to be done for the for the local team this weekend. Yeah, not what they want in front of their home crowd. Um, so now that a bit more, I think he might have, he might deserve a bit more praise. He did make up four spots and he was, I believe he was already ahead of Zhou, I think. I don't know, he's fallen off my list. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, it's... Uh, it's a difficult one for, for them. The one takeaway that I could say from that is that it seems that their race car is better than their quali car. Um, so there's some crumb of comfort. That's assuming the conditions stay as they did, as they were today. If they move to closer to yesterday, then expect them to fall away again. Um, but I think we've seen this more this season than I remember for a while is certain cars favoring certain tracks. More this is just seeming to be one of their uh, one of their dummy ones. It's one that's going to plague them. So I'll just be getting through if they can lock in two points. If some catastrophe happens up front, they can grab a point or two. Then great. But it'll just be a case of getting through this one. I think for the pair of them, uh, just making up spots where they can and just yeah, try it. It's just just. <laughs> keep trying keep hanging on for, for this weekend yeah just keep going it's just like <laughs> i think they're just hoping you know gasly you know we've we've sung his praises many times on this on this podcast just how good of a driver he is he got you know involved in a, in a silly accident today um one that was very much a racing incident as well um it's hard to judge who was uh really at fault um there but it kind of screwed his race, and I'm sure he'll be hoping that whatever was plaguing him, maybe picking up more positions um, today, will go away tomorrow, and uh, he'll be able to uh, actually compete and maybe, you know, find himself probably not in the points, but at least further up the grid. Um, Tom, then P13, Sebastian Vettel, um, and then P15 for Lance Stroll. 
you know, Vettel was holding on. He qualified. I want to say he did qualify in the top 10. I may be or just outside. He did. He qualified he did. ninth. It was a great qualifying, but my God, was he hanging on for dear life. I think it would look in a bit like a, the F1 game for um, Vettel defending uh, from the absolute onslaught of cars that were coming from behind. Uh, and eventually, just in those last laps, he just he couldn't hold on it anymore. You know, Schumacher got past, Russell got past, Sonoda got past, but still ahead of Lewis Hamilton. So, uh, you know, every cloud. <laughs> yeah, um, but I think it tells us all we need to know about Mercedes-powered cars in 2022 that we're celebrating him almost getting P13. Um, yeah, it's just, I mean, I don't know what to say about the back of the grid because we didn't see any of it. Understandably so, because there was a lot going on in front um, with our mini race. I still refuse to call it qualifying because it wasn't. Um, not that I'm stubborn. Um, but yeah, no, Vettel just, yeah, cool. He was there. He didn't have COVID. Um, he stared long and began to mix eyes. Um, he drove a car around quite slowly. Um, and yeah, that's about a normal F1 weekend for him now these days. Um you know, if you think back to 10 years ago, we're in the 2012 season when, you know, he was ding-donging with, you know, anybody and everybody, especially the first seven races of the season when we had different you know, different winner each race or the rest of it. Um, how the mighty have fallen, we can say the same about Hamilton, to be honest. Um, yeah, Sev just, uh, how much longer do you think he's really going to go on? He's not going to want to drive around at more or less back of the grid. Aston Martin are the only team without points. Um, do I even think they'll get a point this season? I honestly don't know, looking at them. Um, how much longer do I think? Is, is, is he really going to go on in F1? How much longer? How, how can he? You know, he's got other interests and hobbies and all the rest of it. You know, he could, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him become full-time advisor to Mick or something. Something like that. Sort of you know, take the role that obviously Michael would have filled, you know, if, if he wasn't you know, so tragically injured. Um so, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, Stroll, oh, yeah, I forgot you existed. Um, you didn't crash with the Tifi, so well done. Um, good job, bro. Um, you know, it won't be long until the track marshals have red flags, yellow flags, black and white flags, checkered flags. And when they see Stroll and Tifi coming, they have a Canadian flag, which basically means everybody run because... Something's about to go down. We're going to get maple syrup on the track and everything, and there's just going to be people everywhere, and it's just going to be carnage. Um, so, yeah. So, well done, Stroll, for not crashing. You did a good job, buddy. Um, I'm sure your dad's really pleased that he picked you instead of Alonso for that team. Um, yeah. Don't know what else to say. Someone yeah, clicked it's, that. It's, it's, fine. <laughs> it's, it's fine. I mean, I'm sure the Aston Martin... Uh, finance department will be incredibly happy so far with what uh, Vessel and Stroll have been doing. No incidents thus far this weekend and uh, I think they're all looking good under um, <laughs> under the cost cap. Um, but yeah, like there really is not much to talk about in the in the period. We got behind that Lewis Hamilton 14th, got a poor start, couldn't make his way back. I assume he'll be able to probably gain more positions tomorrow. I think that's where we're going to really see Mercedes shine. 
P15, Lance Stroll, again, it's such a short race. We don't. There's not really time to look at and check in on how everyone's doing. 16th, Esteban Ocon, he was recovering after uh, gearbox uh, issues uh, forced him out of qualifying. Gasly P17, we've already mentioned, with him having his collision with a... Uh, with what uh Guan Yu and then Jack, I guess we just talk about the uh the two Williams at the black uh, the back who seem to be getting less and less blue as this weekend goes on. Um of course they were a bit more blue yesterday, but they've taken a bit more paint off that car uh to save some weight, but doesn't seem to really be doing them much good. 18th, 19th, it's where we expect them to be tomorrow. Yeah, unfortunately, the uh, the Williams rejuvenation hasn't happened, has it? It's very sad to see, um, but it's what it is. So they're just going to probably become the new Haas, <laughs> just running around and take the wind tunnel time at the end of the year. Um, yeah, there's not much to say. They swapped places, as far as I can tell, and Albon gained an extra freebie from Joe. So, yeah, that's kind of it everyone else just sorted off up the road didn't they i don't know if they got stuck in vettel's drs train early on or if they were just there. i think from the times it was actually it was like ocon who was making up the back of the um <laughs> of the train i don't think they were even involved from in it so they were just there they were just there <laughs> okay well you did what you what they'd all be worried about in the sprint race they just stayed out of trouble kept their noses clean for once for the tv and um, yeah, they, they didn't cost they didn't cost themselves any more money, so that's good. Well, not today. Alban did yesterday when his brakes went hadouken and just. I have no idea what happened to them. To be honest, <laughs> I've read some things, but I'm not sure whether it was true. Some people have said that there was stuff left in them. Um, they just went kabam, but uh, yeah. nobody knows what happened. It was some explosion and. Uh, I think <laughs> Albon would have made, uh, been a bit hesitant maybe in practice this morning mm. going out with those braces in case they decided to do it again. Honestly, I don't know, understand how any of these drivers ever go out in the cars again when they have either a, any sort of brake failure. That would scare me <laughs> to death, like going at 200 miles an hour realising your brakes are just not going to work. So, yeah, well, we've got through all 20 uh well, 19 of the drives that finished, of course, uh, Zhou Guanyu uh, retired on the on the first lap after a bit of a collision. But uh, it's time to move on to the, the good old predictions. So uh, we'll start with the podium, as always. Um, and Tom, we'll start with you. What? Who, who are you seeing on the podium for the Grand Prix tomorrow? In order? Please. Leclerc, um, Max, and Signs. That's one, two, three, by the way. I was going to say shock win for Signs. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, <laughs> thanks. I've lost it. I've lost it now. Uh, Jack, I've got Leclerc taking the win, uh, Science in second, and Perez in third. I think Max is going to DNF again. Do you know what? That's just not even like <laughs> you can't even say you won't. Uh, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna have faith 
in the Red Bull technology engine or whatever it's called. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Max for the win. I think Red Bull are going to just be a bit better on tyres. So I'm going to go a one-two for Red Bull. I'm going to go Max for the win. Perez second with Leclerc third. And now it's time for the bold predictions and me saying that the Red Bull engine is going to hold up may may come back to haunt me and may seem to be a bold prediction. But Tom, what is your bold prediction? Um, no Red Bull engine blows up or has a mechanical issue or, or an electrical issue. It's brave. That's brave. <laughs> I have that much faith, Tom. That is it's almost like godlike amount of faith you have in that Red Bull <laughs> engine. But uh, Jack, what about yours? I have a far muted. Um, I was going to say double points for Haas, uh, but given Mick is already in points, I will say that's not all that bold so I'm going to say double points for the Alpha Tauris I reckon they pull something out or some cacophony happens in front of them <laughs> but yeah home, uh, home team for uh, Fienza celebrations fair enough I was going to go with a bold prediction <laughs> see I'm, I'm 50-50 with my bold prediction I was going to say that neither Mercedes gets points tomorrow I'm going to say they stay outside the points I was thinking that but is it really a bold prediction <laughs> exactly but like I do think Mercedes uh, is going to have good race pace like full, full length know. once strategy gets involved because no. we were talking before the show Mercedes really didn't have much dig on their tyres at all they could have probably pushed a lot harder it was probably not worth risking it just in case one of them had an accident we know what George is like around this track um yeah especially you know, when he takes Bottas exactly um so you know I think when it comes to when push comes to shove tomorrow and when things are really when things really matter because let's face it the teams are not going to treat the sprint like a natural race I think they're going to be a better chance um but I'm, I'm also going to say as a bold prediction that they actually just stall and get absolutely nowhere and, <laughs> and end up out, out of the points. So, yeah. So that is all from us today. If you are listening to our show live, you'll know that we do live stream all of our shows on YouTube. On YouTube. Uh, so make sure to subscribe and also make sure to turn bell notifications on as well so you are notified every time that we go live and you can then join in on the chat there but if of course if you are listening out of time from when we when we live stream just know that we do live stream all of our shows on youtube so if you do want to listen to our podcast as it's being recorded and also want to ask us questions you know head to our youtube channel click subscribe and then hit the notifications uh, along with YouTube, of course, we're available on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Omni Studio, Verbal, as well as the F1 Chronicle website. So just search for the F1 Grid Talk podcast. And if you're a SkyQ or a Sky Glass customer, uh, you can find our podcast uh, linked on the po- um, on the featured podcast section of the Sky Sports F1 page. So thank you, Sky. This is not a this is not a plug. This is just a thank you. <laughs> um, and if you're stuck with something to listen to between 
now and the race tomorrow we do have a massive back catalogue of shows so if you're stuck for something you know we've got um over 180 almost 190 shows for you to go back and listen to not just race reviews or qualifying reviews but also more um interviews or more documentary style podcasts um you know things about and or the 1994 benetton conspiracy so if you've got time make sure to check them out if you give us a five-star review on itunes we'll also give you a shout out on our next show so any feedback of course is most welcome for our show but a special shout out for all of you that give us a five-star rating we also have a patreon so if you'd like to support the podcast and help towards better mic lights and recording equipment for our host any support is greatly appreciated and also shout out to our current patreon here <laughs> for supporting us at the moment um so finally plugs so start with you jack where can we find more from you if you i don't know why but do want to know hear more from my ramblings then you can find me on twitter at j underscore c underscore watson and you need to smooth that out a bit and um i'm also an occasional writer for the Sportlight website mainly looking at historical um regulation changes like evolution of f1 cars etc or upcoming bigger reg changes i covered i did a brief overview of the 2022 regs um when they were first announced um and outside of f1 sports cars that sort of thing so you're into that sort of thing that's where you can find me amazing and tom yeah so if you want to hear me give more definitely not controversial opinions on Lewis Hamilton or Mercedes or anybody else on the grid, um, including my boy Max Verstappen, I would like to point out. I, I will rip into anyone, to be fair, including myself. Um, a part of the Everything F1 team, so you can find us across all socials with the handle at join EF1. Um, yeah, we have Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, have a Discord server, YouTube channel, Apparently we have TikTok. That's now a thing. Um, I can't say you'll ever find me on there because I'm far too old uh, to be seen hanging around with, with the youths of today. Um, and also I don't really understand it, but some of our more youthful members of EF1 post some content on there. Um, yeah, uh, we uh, we have our website, everythingf1.com, where I'm writing more and more articles. Uh, and finally, we have our podcast, which is on all your favourite podcasting platforms, which is the Everything F1 podcast. You... You know, there's usually race preview, preview, news, talking points. We re- we pretty regularly have guests. We had Callum Eilat on last week. Um, so that episode is worth a listen. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, and yeah, if you want to find me on anything, it's probably just best to follow me on Twitter. And I have an equally convoluted at as Jack is. So mine is at L underscore G underscore Edwards. Um just because LG Edwards is already taken. So, it's, you know, you just stick an underscore there. It just makes it uh, somewhat unique. But, uh, yeah, if you want to listen to my opinions on, uh, on Formula One, uh, God forbid, or just any any sports in general, that's usually the best place to find me. So we will be back uh, with the race review at 5pm at British Summertime tomorrow. Uh But firstly, I want to thank my guests for joining me. And until we see you again, uh, stay safe and goodbye.